Welcome to Interwork with Marianne Walker, certified life coach for the helpers, healers, and anyone who wants to up-level their life. Life is what you make it, and here we make life pretty great. Come on in. Well, hi there, and welcome back. So I was recently talking with a massage therapist friend of mine who was telling me all about how energetically drained she feels after a full day of clients. So yes, there is the physical fatigue that comes from giving massages all day. And also there is a very real energetic component to body work as well. And that was what was leaving her feeling drained. Now I worked as a reflexologist for several years and so I totally know this feeling. So while we have talked a bit on here about recognizing and verbalizing our boundaries around, for example, our time and our physical safety, and I will link that episode in the show notes if you wanna learn more about that, I wanted to dedicate some space here on the podcast for talking about energetic boundaries as well, especially as it relates to those who identify as empaths um, or highly sensitive people. So first I kind of wanted to talk briefly about the difference between having empathy and being an empath. So having empathy means that you can understand on a cognitive level what somebody might be experiencing emotionally. So perhaps you have a pretty good idea of what grief looks like, for example, or what might be needed when there's a new baby in the house or a change in career or a change in location or a loss in the family. You might have a pretty good idea about the mental or emotional weight of someone who is struggling to get pregnant, for example, or somebody who is going through a divorce. So this having a pretty good idea about what they're going through and being able to hold space for somebody in that experience, uh, that is having empathy. Being an empath, on the other hand, is a little bit different. So being an empath means that you literally feel what somebody else is feeling. So I'll share a few personal examples with that. So one day when I was visiting with friends, I suddenly felt something in my stomach and it didn't feel good. And honestly, I had just enough time to think, where did this come from? Like, it feels like I have a rock in my gut. (laughs) And seconds later, then my friend walked into the room and announced, man, it feels like I have a rock in my gut. And it was then that I knew that what I was feeling, it wasn't mine. (laughs) And so it took me a couple of minutes to work through it, but eventually I was able to release it and then it no longer bothered me. And then another day then I was driving down the road and I was suddenly completely overwhelmed with feelings of shame, abandonment, and fear of uncertainty. And these feelings were so strong that tears came to my eyes and a lump formed in my throat. And again, it came on so quickly and seemingly out of the blue that I had just enough time to think the thought, where on earth did this come from? When my phone rang and my friend told me that she had come home to an empty closet, her husband had left her. And so yet again, I was able to see that this feeling that I was experiencing, it wasn't actually mine to process and I needed to give it back to the other person and and I I needed to switch (laughs) into more of a empathetic role rather than an empathic role so that I could hold space for them without it impacting me in a very physical way. So the thing is for me, like if my friend hadn't spoken those exact words out loud when they entered the room about feeling like they had a rock in their gut, and if my other friend hadn't called me in that exact moment, I probably would have had no idea what was going on for me. And honestly, I would have probably really been worrying about my physical and my mental health. And I don't always receive messages. Like they're not always made that clear in the moment that something doesn't belong to me. But I am learning that for me, if something comes on really quickly and seemingly out of the blue, then it probably doesn't belong to me. And I'm learning too now that I can really kind of navigate those situations a little bit better, like through muscle testing. Sometimes I'll have to test through to see if it belongs to me or not. Um, And so this was especially good information for me to have to learn that, okay, yep, I guess 
guess I'm an empath um, during COVID when I would go grocery shopping because, oh my goodness, grocery shopping during a pandemic, that drained me so much because I could literally feel all of the fear and anxiety and emotions of everybody around me. Um, it was really draining. And so it was experiences like that that let me know that I am an empath. And once I learned how to, uh, you know, identify that, yeah, okay, I am an empath and learn how to navigate the experience of being an empath and learn how to ground and shield, um, like that has really helped me so that now I'm in a place where I'm not so easily overwhelmed by other people's experiences. And I can now, for example, like grocery shop <laughs> without becoming completely wiped out. So the information I'm going to be sharing here today, it isn't just helpful for the empaths, but this is also for people with a lot of empathy for others. This is for the caregivers, uh, the helpers, the healers. This is also for the highly sensitive people or the HSPs. And if you're unfamiliar with the term highly sensitive person, go ahead and Google it. It's kind of a fun little rabbit hole. And I kind of suspect that the majority of people um, that are listening to this podcast are probably HSPs or highly sensitive people. So no matter how you identify on the scale of sensitivity, if you're somebody that sometimes has a hard time letting go of the energy or the experience of, you know, certain people or events, then these tips can come in pretty handy. So let's go. All right. Tip number one, wash your hands with intention. And yes, you're probably already washing your hands, but what I'm suggesting is that when you do wash your hands, that you do it with the intention of allowing the energy of the person or the event to be washed away. And so you're kind of just going to imagine as you're washing your hands, just imagine um, the energy of that event sliding off of your body and going down the drain. And this tip is especially beneficial for the body workers. So for example, the massage therapists, chiropractors, reflexologists, foot zoners, you name it. If you are working with somebody's body, you are working with their energy, whether you're consciously aware of it or not. So when you're a body worker, you are essentially intentionally opening up your energy so that you can be more uh, sensitive and receptive to what is happening in the client's body so that you can better serve them. And so sometimes we're consciously aware of this energetic exchange. And sometimes we're oblivious to it, but it is still happening if you are working with somebody's body. The body and the energy of the body go hand in hand. So washing your hands with intention between clients, this can really help to intentionally close that energetic connection while also preventing um, energetic burnout and also limiting that energetic carryover into your next session with your next client. Now, if you aren't a body worker, then this hand washing, it can also be very helpful um, in other situations as well. So for example, if you just kind of feel just kind of yucky after spending time with somebody, you know, it could be anybody that you're spending time in their presence and you just feel kind of weighed down. Um, so it might be after maybe having a heavy conversation or after a fight or whatever it might be, um, or maybe you're just in somebody else's home and you're feeling a little bit disturbed by the energy of the home or the clutter. Um, you can just kind of imagine the energy of that experience washing down the drain I know a lot of people, then they kind of, after they've been into, uh, you know, like a pawn shop or, or something like that, then they kind of just get sucked into all of the energy of that space and it can kind of impact them as well. So, so just notice if there's different spaces where you maybe feel a little bit more drained and the hand washing with intention can be very helpful. All right. Tip number two, return to sender. So empaths and people pleasers, then they really have this deep desire to make everybody feel better, right? And so oftentimes this means not only trying to do the work physically for other people, you know, trying to um, just care for people in a very physical way, but often sometimes this means um, doing the energetic and emotional processing for 
other people. And it really comes from a good place. But the truth is processing for other people, it oftentimes is doing them a disservice. So it is fine and healthy to sit with somebody and help them to process their own emotions. And your heart is going to really want to lighten theirs, right? And you can do that by helping them learn to navigate it themselves. But taking it onto yourself, um, it not only weighs you down, but it can also essentially rob the other person of learning how to process what they need to learn how to process and do on their own. So I'm really a visual person. So here's your visual for the day is let's kind of just imagine for a moment that every time somebody comes into your home, they're bringing in a new plant. <laughs> so they show up with this plant and they're like, oh, hey, can you take care of this for me? Like it's dying. I don't know what to do, but I know you're really good with plants. So yeah, can you watch this for me? And maybe in the beginning, like it seems like such a little thing and you're really good with plants. And you're like, oh yeah, sure. Not a big deal. And so you say yes, but then they start bringing over more and more plants. And soon, like your shelves are covered, like your own plants are getting displaced. They're not getting the light that they need. Your whole day is being taken up learning how to, um, you know, care for these plants and take off the dead leaves and give them all the right nutrients and making sure they have enough sunlight and water. And so, you know, soon then like you find that a lot of your time and energy is being spent taking care of these plants that don't even belong to you. So the plants, they just keep coming. They're going to drop off a plant and they're going to leave feeling so much better knowing that their plants are going to get the care that they need. And while they feel lighter, you may find that you are feeling heavier because you're caring for their plants, right? And they've never even learned how to care for their own plants or how to, how to care for their own emotions and how to process them on their own. And this is essentially what is happening when we're trying to process somebody else's pain or experience for them. They end up feeling great temporarily right? But bottom line is these are still their feelings. These are still their plants. Eventually they're going to have to deal with them. And so sometimes we think we're helping somebody, but we might just be kicking the can down the road and delaying um, them from progressing and learning how to do their own work. So with the return to center technique, it's basically just mentally recognizing what is yours and what is not. And so it's essentially visualizing that when they, you know, pop over to your energetic house, you make a point to send them home again with everything that they came with. <laughs> so they aren't leaving any of their stuff in your space. Now, a lot of people really enjoy visualizing, for example, like a suitcase where maybe somebody's coming over to your house and they um, have unpacked their suitcase. And so it's just kind of mentally um, just kind of visualizing putting everything back into their suitcase and making sure that it leaves the house with them when it is time for them to leave. And so you can just kind of imagine like return to sender. So maybe it's like a letter or a package and you're boxing it up and just writing return to sender on it and just imagining it going back with them when they leave. So for me, then this oftentimes kind of looks like me, like just silently talking with their energy. And so I might say something like, hey, like I'm here for you, but this is something that you need to figure out. So I can love you. I can sit with you. I can hold space for you, but I can't do this work for you. And I love you. And I truly believe that you are capable of learning how to navigate this on your own. And it might take a while to figure out. And I'm here for you while you figure it out. But I also 100% trust in your ability and your capability when it comes to learning how to navigate this. So it's just kind of essentially the idea with the return to sender of sending love and light to the other person and intentionally not allowing somebody else's problems to become your problems. All right, tip number three, 
ground. Now for this one, you are literally going to go outside barefoot and step on the earth. <laughs> yep, for real. <laughs> or maybe you're even a gardener. And if you're a gardener, you could go outside, you could put your hands in the earth, you could do some weeding or some gardening, uh, but make contact with the earth. Simply touching the earth has actually been scientifically proven to decrease pain and inflammation in the body, to reduce stress, to improve sleep quality and improve circulation. And I absolutely love grounding. I really do try to spend some time outside each and every day. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why I still insist on having my other my other jobby, <laughs> my job that's more of a hobby, where I go and do school tours in the spring and the fall. We've just started up tours again, and I get to go out and spend time in nature on a farm and play with baby animals and talk to the kids about them. And I absolutely love it. And I do that because that is my therapy. It's it's me intentionally connecting in with nature, and it makes a huge difference for me. It makes such a difference that even in the winter time, um, then I still try to make a point to ground if I can. Uh, I have been known to take my trash out barefoot in the winter time, <laughs> but if it's a little too cold for that, um, then I do actually even have a grounding mat that I use during the winter months when I'm feeling ungrounded. It's 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 a, a mat, especially for grounding, where it has a little cord that you plug into the little uh, grounding outlet and. It just helps me to ground even in the winter months and reap all of those benefits of being on the earth, even when I'm not able to actually make contact due to ice or snow or cold. And also when you are grounding, it can be really helpful, just like with the hand washing, to be really intentional about it. And so oftentimes I will kind of just imagine that the energy of the experience, I'm just going to send it into the earth so that it can be composted to um, create something more nourishing for future growth. And that has really been a helpful um, visualization for me. All right, tip number four, shielding. Now we have talked about this before on the podcast, but we'll go over it again. So shielding is something that you do in your mind with your imagination. And while it is done by using your imagination, it really can have a huge impact. So my my favorite ways, one of my favorite ways to shield is to just kind of reach and stretch my arms up above my head like I'm yawning. And then I slowly bring my arms down around my body while keeping my fingers outstretched, my arms, my fingers out. And I just imagine that where my fingertips go, that that is the end of my energetic shield. And I'm just setting that energetic space. And doing this while breathing, it can really help. I just try to breathe and just feel in that whole space with my own energy and make sure that nobody else's is coming in. I also really enjoy imagining that the outer layer of my aura is like a one-way mirror. And this allows me to see other people and to be a conscious observer of them, but their projections onto me, then they're just going to be reflected back to them. They're not going to be allowed into my energetic space. So my energy, it really wants to invite in other people. Like it just, my energy, I know it just wants to help everybody. It wants to reach out. It wants to feel and process everything for other people. And so setting this energetic boundary and just imagining my aura inside of that one-way mirror, it helps me to, um, I can be present with them and I can see them very clearly, but it's going to keep their energy on the outside of me where I'm not having to feel and process it in my body. And I find that for myself, like not only does this help me to become more of a curious observer and a conscious observer of other people and what they're going through, but I also find that sometimes it can be beneficial for me to um, 
kind of become a conscious and curious observer of, of certain experiences or emotional experiences that I'm having within my body as well. So I might even imagine, for example, if my heart is feeling heavy, I might just imagine that I'm putting this heaviness into my hand and observing it as a third party to kind of just be a witness as to, all right, what's happening here? And kind of look at this from another angle and, and just kind of being curious about what it looks like without um, bringing it into my physical energy can be very helpful as well. So the shielding, it's kind of like um, building a fence around your energetic house, right? So you're going to have this boundary around your house and you get to kind of choose who you allow in. So you may allow people to come into that space and you might also decide that, nope, you're going to stay on the outside and that's okay. But people need to essentially ask permission to enter into your space. All right, tip number five, call your energy back to 100%. <laughs> so often then when we find ourselves feeling energetically fatigued, it's because our energy has been scattered. So for example, part of us is still in that conversation from yesterday that didn't really go how we wanted. And another part of us is already extending into tomorrow, anticipating what might come. And another part of us is with that friend or family member who's across the country that they might be struggling and our heart just really goes out to them. When we say our heart goes out to somebody, that's really a very literal thing in many times where our energy is literally reaching out to them. And so this is a great thing to do. Oftentimes when we're praying for other people, then our energy is kind of checking in and tapping in with them. Uh, but it's also healthy and beneficial to take some time every now and then to call that energy back to you and let it fill up your own canteen. Because sometimes we might not even realize that we're going through life essentially running at 40% because we're, we've been so unconscious as to where our energy is. And we feel like we're doing something by reaching out our energy to everybody. But this might be a situation where it's okay to just, you know, hand that over to God, the universe, however you describe uh, the divine to, to let them handle that thing and all of those things happening everywhere else and call your energy back to you. So we're going to just kind of take a moment to go through that. So as you're listening, uh, just kind of as you're breathing really intentionally, work to call your energy back into this present moment. So if you aren't driving, <laughs> then you may choose to close your eyes for this to help to increase that intention, but just kind of breathe and set the intention to call back all of your energy back to you fully right now in this moment from all places and spaces and timelines that your energy can come back into your body 100%. And there may be other people where you're like, oh, but I just really still want to be with them. Or maybe they're even clinging to your energy. And this can be another place where you can kind of just tap into that return to sender. Where it's like, hey, like I'm still here. It's going to be okay. You're fully capable of handling this on your own. And just, um, you know, imagine just bringing all of that energy back to you in this present moment. So just kind of breathe that in and let it settle and just kind of be curious. Like, how did that feel for you? Did you feel any shifts? Because just talking about this, like it really, for me, feels like my energy went up about 20%. <laughs> so I'm really curious what your experience was at well. So this has been a lot of fun. I hope that these five tips have been helpful for you. And I'm really curious which techniques have been more, most helpful for you. And I'm also curious like how you describe yourself uh, to your emotional sensitivity. So come and find me on social media and let me know. I would just love to hear. There's a link in the show notes for all of my socials. So you can come and find me on your favorite platform and let me know. And again, there's a link in the show notes if you would like to learn more about boundaries, especially how to articulate boundaries for the people and what boundaries actually are. 
I'll post a link in the show notes to that episode as well. And of course, if you would like some more support, come and work with me. I'm currently offering six-week bundles. And so these are kind of um, ebbing and flowing as as people come and join for six weeks and then they, they may or may not continue, but it's kind of like on a rolling basis. So if that's something that interests you and if you want to commit to uh, improving yourself for six weeks, I would love to work with you and help you on your journey. So you can come and find me at marianwalker.life. All right. Well, hey, let's go into this week being more aware and more intentional about our energetic boundaries, shall we? (laughs) All right. I hope you have a great week. Let's talk soon. Bye now. Have you experienced personal growth by simply listening to this podcast? If so, just imagine how much more growth you could experience through working with me one-on-one. I have a few slots opening up this coming month, so come and apply to work with me now by visiting marianwalker.life. I'll see you there.